Hey everybody, I'm Jerry Green here today with Koi Kamasholi. On today's episode of Philly Sports Talk, we're going to recap NFL Week 13. How are you doing, Koi? Doing pretty good, Jerry. Excited to recap some of these games. How are you? Yep, it was a it was a pretty exciting week, and I'm excited too. Let's get right into it. Um, first game of the Sunday slate: Lions beat the Bears 34 to 30. Lions, what is this? Their second game under interim head coach after they fired Matt Patricia. Um, this was kind of unexpected. It was uh, it, it was a close one. It came down to the end, but I definitely wouldn't have picked the Lions to win this one coming into it. Yep. Uh, the Bears had complete control of this one and should have won it. Mitch Trubisky fumbled, though, and it was an awful fumble. And then the Bears went down and scored a touchdown. I mean, it was a crazy game. I mean, both teams now go to 5-7. and seven. The Bears should have won this. This game may have sealed up their season for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, there was... uh, Matthew Stafford had a really good game. What did you think? Yeah, there was uh, the other time where Allen Robinson made a reception, and if he just like took a couple steps backward, he would have had a first down. But he like caught the ball and then stepped um, like forwards, um, the opposite direction of the first down marker, and that was out. controversial too. So yeah. The Bears made a couple of sloppy mistakes in this one. Yeah, uh, let's get into the set line. Stafford had 402 yards for three touchdowns and an interception. Adrian Peterson, two touchdowns on 57 rushing yards. Hawkinson, 84 receiving yards. Marvin Jones, he hasn't had many big games, but he had a good game this week with 116 yards and a touchdown. Quintez Cephas, I believe is how you say it, had a touchdown, and so did Jesse James. So the Lions were... You know, they, they really should not have won this game, but, I mean, they did pretty well in offense either way. Yeah, um, you know, the Bears' defense, like, when you look at the box score and everything, it keeps on seeming like they don't put up good performances, but um, it's kind of a little bit misleading. Like, in terms of DVOA, which is, like, one of those advanced statistical measures, they're fourth in the NFL, but if you go by, like, traditional stuff, like points given up, they're on the bottom half because well one number one is that their offense can't hold the ball for very long so they see a lot of time on the field and they get tired easily number two their offense um doesn't give them very good field position often and you know this is if this bears team had like a good quarterback they were able to move the chains more their defense is just so good they would be able to dominate games but um, that's just hasn't been the case. They've had a lot of quarterback issues. Trubisky, Foles, both of them have not been good. Yeah, Trubisky had 267 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble lost. Um, David Montgomery had a nice game with 72 yards, two touchdowns. Cole Komet had a touchdown. Cordero Patterson had a lot of rushing attempts, 10 attempts for 59 yards and a touchdown. Allen Robertson, 75 receiving yards. And then Bilal Nichols. At an interception. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of David Montgomery. I think he's one of the better, more underrated running backs in the league. But unfortunately, he's running behind one of the worst offensive lines. And, you know, there's sometimes um, how productive a running back is isn't up to based on, like, their talent or their abilities more so um, how open their holes are and how much space they have to run. Moving on to the Colts and Texans. The Colts win 26-20. They go to 8-4. Texans fall to 4-8. This is like the same scenario. Uh, the Texans fumbled Deshaun Watson when they were 
around the 10-yard line, and then the Colts just kneeled down, and that was the game. So basically the same kind of thing that happened with the Bears and Lions is Trubisky fumbled in that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was this was just a you know a shocker. What do you think? Um, yeah, you know, Houston has been sneakily pretty decent um, since they fired Bill O'Brien. They're only like four and four in that time span, but like still, that's good enough to compete for a playoff spot. But they're nowhere near that. I mean, they started the season off own four um, before firing him. But yeah, Watson, despite that fumble, he still had a pretty good game. Um, that was his third straight game throwing for 300-plus yards. So I really think he's um, been doing a lot better um, in the past, you know, few weeks. He's uh, another guy he's connected with a lot, Kiki Kuti. He's, like, been on the Texans team as just, like, a reserve wide receiver who doesn't see a lot of snaps for the past few years. But, like, Bill O'Brien kind of hated him, even though, like, Bill O'Brien is, you know, one of the more questionable coaches as we know, um, and Kuti, he's sort of broken out a little bit when they hired or when they announced Romeo Cornell as the interim head coach. Um, but yeah, it's a tough way to lose for them, but they're not really playing for much anyways, so it can't hurt that bad. Yep. Uh, Watson had 341 yards and an interception, but he also rushed for a touchdown 38 yards. I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's a future MVP, and I think he's a future Super Bowl winner. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a tough loss for them for sure. Let's go. To, let's go to the Colts real quick. Philip Rivers, 285 yards, two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor had 91 rushing yards and a touchdown. Naheem Hines, rushing touchdown. T.Y. Hilton starting to finally get his offense going, and he's also a good fantasy pickup for people now heading into the playoffs for fantasy. He had 110 yards and a touchdown, and then Kenny Moore had an INT. The Colts defense was really good again. Justin Houston, DeForest Buckner, highlighting that that line with three with five total sacks and four total ta- tackles for loss. Yeah, their defense is definitely um, elite. They have, you know, it's well-rounded. They have a good secondary, good pass rush. Um, they're solid against the run. And they've got guys who can make plays. Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, like you mentioned, um, Xavier Rhodes, even the rookie safety, Julian Blackman. Um, you know, I think Indiana is the team that not no one wants to face um, in the playoffs. Yeah, Indiana's a really good team. And you know what? I'm going to go back to what we said a long time ago. If they did have a different quarterback other than Rivers, I think they're in a really Super Bowl threat. I think Rivers is a good quarterback, average quarterback. I don't think he's great anymore. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we said it a few times, but, like, this team – even they've even had a few injuries like um, Paris Campbell got hurt in like week two, I think. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor had COVID, missed some games. Marlon Mack got hurt in the first game of the season. Like, if they had all their weapons, their offense would definitely be a little bit better. But if they had like a quarterback, like if Andrew Luck never retired, that was the hypothetical we talked about before. Or even if they had, you know, a guy who they could just rely on. Because Phil Rivers does have his bad games every now and then. He does, you know, give up some turnovers and make some mistakes. Yep, let's go into the Bengals and Dolphins. Pretty bland game. The Dolphins win 19-7. They go to 8-4. Bengals swallowed 2-9-1. Tua Tagovailoa had 296 yards and touchdown. And Miles Gaskin made his return. I didn't think he was going to get that many attempts in his return back 
but he did. He was really involved in the offense with 21 attempts for 90 yards. He did have a fumble loss, but still not a bad first outing back. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, they're like one of those teams that I'm not sure what to make of them. Sometimes they look really exciting and really good. Sometimes they don't, but they're on the path to make the playoffs. They're sitting in a spot where they would make the playoffs of the season ended right now. Um, I thought Tua looked pretty good. Um, this was his first game back from injury, right? Or second? First, yeah, I believe. He had that thumb injury that had him out, had him sitting out for a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, they're they're a young team with a young quarterback and a really good defense. Um, that's like their defense held Cincinnati to seven points. That's not saying much since they had like Brandon Allen at quarterback, but um, still, I I think that Miami is another team that you know you don't want to see in the playoffs um, if you're playing the first round. Yeah, speaking of that defense, that defense, Savian Howard and Nick Needham had interceptions, and then Kyle Van Noy had three ta- three sacks for five tackles for loss, and Shaq Lawson had two sacks and two tackles for loss. So that defense really was on yeah, point. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy actually won the AFC Defensive Player of the Week this week, and Xavier Howard is currently the league leader in interceptions. Yeah, so that... You know, that Miami defense really showed up. I mean, I know it's the Bengals' offense, but still. One last note on that uh, Dolphins' offense. Mike Kaziki had nine receptions for 88 yards and touchdown. He got me a lot of fantasy points, and I was thankful for that. Let's talk about the Bengals real quick. Brandon Allen, 11-19, 153 yards, touchdown interception. Uh, Giovanni Bernard had 30 rushing yards. Tyler Boyd only had one reception, but for 72 yards, touchdown. T. Higgins, five receptions for 56 yards. And then on the defensive side, Ryan Finley had an INC. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Minnesota and Jacksonville now. This was closer than I think a lot of people might have anticipated. Um, Minnesota won 27-24 to 24 in overtime. Um, you know, that's not really a good look for um, the Vikings playing against a team that's only had one win all season in the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, it was... I thought the Jaguars were going to win at one point. It was a crazy game. I mean, Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook were good, but they weren't what they are usually. Cousins had 305 yards for three touchdowns and one interception, so he was fine at a fumble loss. Dalvin Cook had 32 attempts for 120 yards. So Dalvin Cook, uh, that's a lot of attempts. Uh, I thought he would have a little more yards than that. That Jaguars defense, honestly, you know, 120 yards is a lot, but for the Jaguars defense, it's honestly not that bad. But the main the main headline for that uh, Vikings offense, Justin Jefferson, 120 so yards and touchdown. It's the first Minnesota rookie with five gains and 100 plus receiving yep, yards. That includes Randy Moss. Um, yeah, Kirk Cousins, another interesting stat pertaining to him. He is the only quarterback to have 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns in each of the last six seasons. So no Brady, no Breeze, no Wilson. Kirk Cousins is the only one to hit that milestone um i'm not sure many people would have thought of him as the name uh uh, for the guy who would do that but yeah and i still think he sucks (laughs) me too but (laughs) he's been playing pretty good this season to be honest i mean he's kind of been heating up a little bit this wasn't his best game but over the past like four or five weeks he's been pretty solid yeah i would agree uh i'm not a cousins fan but i do have to agree with that uh, Adam Thielen had a touchdown, and then C.J. Ham also had a touchdown. 
Harrison Smith, Cameron Dantzler had INTs. Let's talk about the Jaguars real quickly. Mike Glennon, uh, future MVP, got his second straight start, 280 yards, touchdown, two INTs, and a fumble loss. So three turnovers uh, for him. James Robinson had another good day, 78 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, he is just – we talk about him every week. And, you know, he, it's like he just – He's been so consistent. He has to be one of the cons- most consistent backs yeah, out of this he's draft. Probably, I mean, legitimately, he might already be a top six or seven running back in the entire NFL, um, all things considered. He can do it all. He can catch passes, run the ball, short yardage, and, you know, he has speed too. I am I think that the fact that he wasn't drafted, like he didn't go in any of the first – Six or seven rounds. I don't remember if he was a seventh round pick or if he was undrafted, but um, it was just crazy that you can find a guy this talented that far um, at, behind everyone else in the draft. Yeah, and another rookie, LaVisca Chanel, had a touchdown. I mean, he's done more than Jalen Rager. I said that a while ago, too, but he's actually been pretty good. He's been one of the go to guys for the Jaguars. I'd like to mention something. I really think they should play Jake Luton. I Jake Luton, when he played his for his two games or whatever it was, he got DJ Chark involved, and I think Chark is the best receiver on that offense, and I think he is their key guy on that offense. But he is just not involved in the game when Glennon or Minshew are playing. He's not involved at all. So it's you know it's kind of a shame. Yeah, but another you know. thing worth noting is that Gardner Minshew was available this week, but they decided to start Mike Glennon instead. Um, you know, maybe that means that they're starting to go separate directions. I'm surprised, like, they started um, Glennon over even Jake Luton. Um, you know, Glennon is like a veteran who's just not good. I don't know why they're starting him. They have pretty much no incentive to do so. But, you know, I'm not the one making the decisions for him. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was a questionable move. I, I think Jake Luton should have started. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders and Jets. And this was a dandy. The Jets. Fall to zero and twelve, and the Raiders go to seven and five. This was a little fix. <laughs> uh, the Jets they should have won. They had the lead, and then that cornerback got burnt. But the Jets decided to blitz with what eight players yeah, or something so... on that play when it was the last play of the game on that hail mary of fifty yards by Derek Carr. Two plays yeah, for like fifty well, yards. I saw like a stat that there has been over two hundred such plays like that scenario. Um, like less than 15 seconds on the clock. They need, um, they're losing by like eight to four points. So they need a touchdown to win. Um, or like, you know, anything. It was like all the same like scenario. There's been 200 plus plays. Um, I forget the exact number in those circumstances. And that was the first time ever that a team sent six plus pass rushers. Um, the Jaguars sent like seven or eight. So I don't know what Greg Williams was thinking with that play call. And, yeah, the cornerback who's ironically named Lamar Jackson did get burnt, but why was he in single coverage with Henry Ruggs, who's, like, possibly the fastest guy in the NFL with no safety to help? And he he bit hard on the in route, like, earlier on and just got, like, burnt. And I don't know what was going on at all. It was, like, literally too bad of a thing that any logical person trying to win would ever do that. It's so obvious they were tanking. Um, but, you know, even like, I don't understand why they wouldn't want to win. 
Like, no one wants to go 0-16. If you're any of those players, you do not want to have your name attached to an 0-16 season. Um, like, I think they – it was at this point in the game, it kind of seemed like the Jaguars might actually win too. So they would still be um, safely having that number one pick. Um, and even then, like, they would still have a tied record with the Jaguars. So it's not like they're going to lose a number one pick. They could still get it. Um, I just – I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, and real quickly, just you said that the Jaguars yeah. sent like seven players. Did. I just want to say the Jets. My bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, this was an interesting one. Darren Waller had a really big game, 200 yards and two touchdowns. And anybody that had him on fantasy, I, I mean, wow. And then Ruggs obviously had that one touchdown. Typical Sam Darnold, 186 yards, so nothing really special. Two touchdowns and an INT and two fumbles lost. He also had a uh, rushing touchdown. But Ty Johnson had a big day, uh, 22 attempts for 104 yards and a touchdown. So not many times you see the Jets or line and Jets running back court do kind of well. And then Jameson yeah, Crowder had two know, touchdowns. You look at this game and you kind of want to criticize the Raiders for being this close in a game with the Jets who are terrible. But the Jets, like, over the past three weeks, maybe even four, like, ever since that New England game, they've been, they haven't been playing, like, the worst team of all time. They they haven't been playing good, but they aren't like terrible. Um, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that they gave a team like the Raiders, who are kind of um up and down, like, you know, boomer bust, home run type of team. Um, we shouldn't be surprised they gave them a run for their money. Yep, let's move on to the Saints and Falcons. So the Saints win this one, 21-16. They go to 10-2. and two. Falcons fall to 4-8. Taysom Hill, 27-37, 232 yards, two touchdowns, 83 rushing yards. So he was pretty good. And Kamara had a couple bad games, but he had a good game this week with 88 rushing yards and a touchdown. Michael Thomas, 105 yards. And then a couple receivers, Traquan Smith and Jared Cook had touchdowns. What do you think of the Saints in this one? Um, Yeah, they had Taysom Hill at quarterback again. Um, Kamara did get a little bit more involved, but it was still kind of like more so in the rushing game than like in the passing game. Cause when Drew Brees is like in that offense, they throw a lot of short passes. Obviously he's getting older and his arm is, um, not as strong as it used to be. So they rely on him like, but he's super like, that's not necessarily a bad thing because he's super accurate. Like he puts the ball in the exact precise place. And that's why Kamara is able to be so successful as a receiving back. Cause you know, the catches are easy to make and all he has to do is um, focus on his part. And, like, same thing with, like, Michael Thomas and the slants and all that. People call him slant boy, but, you know, it works for their Saints offense. But they're a lot different now with Taysom Hill because he's almost, like, kind of the exact opposite. He's, like, not very accurate. There's a lot of deep balls and runs the ball a lot, scrambles. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, I think that the Saints are seriously making a strong case for being a Super Bowl contender. Um you know, I think most people would have them there, but I think they're a legitimate threat to beat the Kansas City Chiefs because of how versatile they've been able to be with, like, losing their starting quarterback and really the face of their franchise and still, like, not really missing a beat. Yeah, I agree. I think they could definitely be Super Bowl contenders. But at the same time, I don't know. I just feel like they always find a way to lose in the playoffs, whether yeah, it was true. by the refs or if it was, you know, I mean – this is a good win, obviously. You know, a win's a win when you don't have your uh, starting quarterback. But, yeah, the Saints are 10-2. They have that number one seed right now. 
I think they could challenge the Chiefs. I do think the Chiefs would win, though. But, you know, you never know. Uh, let's talk about the Falcons for a couple seconds here. Matt Ryan, 273 yards and touchdown. He has slowed down recently. Brian Hill and Todd Gurley combined for 13 attempts for 34 yards. And then Ida Smith had 36 rushing yards and eight attempts. So the rushing, the rushing game was pretty slow. Ridley had 108 receiving yards. Jones had 94 yards. And then Russell Gage had a touchdown. Watching this game, Jerry, I needed Calvin Ridley to get some points for fantasy. Every time I saw a pass go thrown and it wasn't to Ridley or in the red zone or something, because I, I lost by like two points and I would have been yeah. in the playoffs, it does. It was heart-wrenching. Yeah. That's not a word. That's but. like one of the most, um, you know, nail-biting things in fantasy when it's like playoff week and you need to, you need to win your game and you have like a close matchup. But, um, yeah, Saints defense did a really good job. That's another reason why I consider them a championship team because their defense is so good. Um, you know, like this is a little bit sidetracking back to the Saints, but I feel like they're going to be one of those teams where they do end up making like the Super Bowl or maybe even winning it. And everyone's going to be like, why didn't this team is like good? Why didn't we um, anticipate this? And like not a lot of people predicted them to do this, but it is because like they have a history of blowing it and getting unlucky. Um, that kind of, you know, makes it hard for um, someone to predict them to win it all. Yeah, uh, the last two seasons were awful on missed calls. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's talk about the Browns and Titans now. This was an this was a shootout. The Browns win forty one thirty five. They go to nine and three. Titans fall eight four. Baker was on fire in that first half, and he slowed down the second half. Well, they also run the ball a lot more. But yeah. The sixth, sixth game for the Browns this year with 30-plus points, first time since 1987. So, you know, I don't. maybe Baker Mayfield is the franchise quarterback. He threw for 25 of 33, 334 yards, four touchdowns. He has his games, and he has these off games. Uh, he's just, I don't know, he's kind of inconsistent. It's hard to tell. This is one of those games that he was on, and then the running back core did their thing as usual, too. Hunt was a little silent, but Chubb was good with 80 yards and a touchdown. What do you think of the Browns? Yeah, Baker threw all four of his touchdowns in the first half. He was really on fire. Um, you know, you said he's like a little bit inconsistent. He does have that um reputation of being up and down. At times, he plays like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. At times, he plays like an elite quarterback. Um, this was an example of the latter, where you know he was just lighting it up. Titans defense really isn't that good, but they're still a good team overall, and they're not easy to beat by any means. Um, and Cleveland. Like, a lot of people are down them. Like, you know, you looked at Cleveland at, like, 8-3 and three or whatever their record was, and you're like, yeah, I don't know how they ended up this um, with this good of a record. Had some easy games. Got blown out week one to the Ravens. Um, they played a lot of games in, like, the wind or snow or rain or whatever where they just – it was like a rushing battle. And, you know, obviously they have a good run game, so that was a huge advantage for them. But this was like a statement game. They really went out and proved it. A lot of people were downing them, and they silenced a lot of those doubts. Yeah, the offense was just on absolute fire. Rashard Higgins at 95 yards and touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's a rookie this year, 92 receiving yards and touchdown, only on two receptions. Landry, 62 receiving yards. Kendall Lamb had a touchdown. And, yeah, the Browns offense was just on absolute fire. But, I mean, that second half, you could definitely tell they cooled down. But, you know. Try to run the ball a little more, establish a run game, train that yeah. clock. But yeah, 
this game was not a six point game. People are just reading the box yeah, score. Like I remember um like looking at the score, they were winning by twenty plus points in the third quarter. So there was a lot of garbage time points scored for the Titans. Yeah, they did the Browns also did a good job of holding Derrick Henry to only sixty yards, fifteen to sixty yards. It's actually not bad, but still it's good for his standards. Ryan Tannehill had 389 yards, three touchdowns and interception. Jeremy McNichols had a touchdown. And Corey Davis had a big day with 182 receiving yards and a touchdown. That's his first really big game of the year. Uh, but other than that, you know, Titans were quiet. I mean, they put up 35 points, but basically it was just garbage time points. Mm-hmm. All right, and now let's go to the Giants and Seahawks. Somehow the Giants pull a win pull a win out of this game. They go to 5-7. and seven. They beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks go to 8-4. and four. This is their fourth straight win, which is the first time since 2016. And they had Colt McCoy as their quarterback against the Seahawks. Uh, wild win. What'd yeah, you think? their defense looked really good in this one. Um, you know, the Giants, I wouldn't underestimate them. They were uh, kind of, I mean, I remember week, like, what was it, week three, week two, we were laughing at them saying they might even be worse than the Jets. They're a bottom two team in the league. That has not been the case. Um They've really picked it up, and I think that, you know, a lot of people might be surprised by this Giants team. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to win a playoff game, but I'm not saying that I don't think, um, you know, like if you said a few weeks ago to the Buccaneers that they'd play the Giants first round, they'd probably be, you know, happy to hear that because it's like a walkover game. Even though they did give the Bucks a little bit of trouble earlier on in the year, you know, still they're like not – they don't have a reputation as a good team, but I think that they're starting to – um, pick it up a little bit. Joe Judge, that coach that everyone was making fun of for doing a bunch of like crazy stuff, thinking he was Bo Belichick. He was formerly, I think, the special teams coach for the Patriots. And, you know, he was like trying to implement all those like disciplinarian type of principles, super strict, no nonsense mentality type of stuff. And like people were laughing at him for benching Golden Tate for some weird reason just because he goofed off in practice. But it's starting to work, pay off for them finally. Um, they beat the Seahawks, who are no joke, uh, held their um, explosive offense to just 12 points. And I said it, I'll say it again, their defense has just looked good in this game. And they've looked good over the past couple of weeks. They're a good defense um, just overall. Yeah, I mean, I completely forgot that we were comparing them to the Jets. You know, you brought mm-hmm. that back to me. I completely forgot that at one point we were considering they might be worse than the Jets. Yeah, that hasn't turned out. Um, Colt McCoy was actually treacherous, 105 yards, a touchdown interception. But I'll tell you, Wayne Gallman, 16 attempts, 135 yards. He has been so good for the absent Saquon yeah. Barkley. And, you know, he's he's just been a, a threat, and he gives this Giants offense some life. And he was the only running back that had a good game. Alfred Morris, 39 yards, a touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. Uh, this And like you said about the Giants defense, Darnay Holmes had an interception, and they held DK Metcalf to only 80 receiving yards, which is pretty good. I mean, seriously, Eagles, what, gave him 180 receiving yards? So, I mean, you know, this Giants team was really yeah, good. Um, Wayne Goldman, um, in each of his last, like, four or five games, he's had 100 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, he's been a little bit under the radar um, putting up numbers these past few weeks. And you mentioned DK Metcalf. That's another thing their defense did really well. Um, I feel like a lot of teams are starting to kind of figure out the Seahawks. 
Um, the Cardinals did it well earlier on in the year when they beat the Seahawks. But if you just limit those deep balls and, you know, keep DK from getting those big plays and, you know, obviously send a safety to, safety to help on his side. And as long as Russ and Lockett don't start to get going in like those shorter passes, um, their offense is a little bit stagnant. Um, I really was convinced that um, Russell Wilson was going to have an MVP caliber season, but he's fell off heavily since the first four weeks where he was on like historic pace. Um, you know, it's really tough to see because I was rooting for him. You know, he's never received an MVP vote before. And I don't think that's, I think that trend is going to continue because he just um, like over this um like last course of the season, second half of the season, he just hasn't been good. He's been still like a top 15, top 10 quarterback, but he's not been um, truly elite, I feel like. Yeah, I completely agree. And it does kind of stink because he was putting up those record numbers that no quarterback has ever done before. Uh, speaking of Wilson, 27 to 45, 263 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Uh, but Chris Carson, this is his second game back. He was good, 65 yards on 13 attempts for a touchdown. And Lockett finally had some receiving yards, 63 yards. He is really, I mean, you you wouldn't even heard his name in the last, like, four weeks. He has really not done anything, but it's mainly just because he's not getting that many targets. And then on the defensive side, Quandry Diggs had another interception. On the Giants, even without, like, Daniel Jones, their offense still managed to score enough points to win the game, obviously. But... Um, I feel like this Giants offense, when Daniel Jones is healthy, isn't that bad either. You know, they got a couple of weapons, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, um, Evan Ingram at tight end. And we mentioned, we talked about Wayne Gallman earlier, but Daniel Jones, like he, I don't, you don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I don't necessarily think he is either, but um, this season he hasn't been terrible. You know, he's done a lot of stuff getting out of the pocket and scrambling. He obviously had a couple of huge runs against the Eagles, but I don't think he's been too bad this season. I think that he's been manageable for them. Um, and when they get him back, I think their team definitely is a little bit scary to face in the playoffs for some of these other um, NFC playoff teams. Yeah, and especially I agree. I don't think I I don't think I'll ever think he's a franchise quarterback. And let me tell you something: the NFC East isn't as bad as it was. We would not ever be, be talking about the Giants yeah. the way we are right now. There's, there's no way we'd be talking to the Giants the way we are right now. We would just be saying this was like a little upset, you know, good for the Giants, but you know what I mean. So I'm not going to overpraise them. But, yeah, they could be dangerous in the past. Who knows? You know, maybe an upset here and there. Uh, let's go to the Rams and Cardinals. Rams win 38-28. to They go to 8-4. Cardinals fall to 6-6. Six and six. This is the Rams' seventh straight win versus Arizona. And Jared Goff was pretty good. Had 351 yards, a rushing touchdown, and a passing touchdown. And just like I said, they're giving Cam Akers more attempts now, considering he's had a couple nice weeks. He had 21 attempts for 72 yards and a touchdown. But then Daryl Henderson was fine with what he got, only three attempts, but he had a touchdown and 49 yards. So what did you think about the Rams um, in this game? You know, the Rams, one of the best coach teams in the league, with Sean McVay. Um, their offense is really well-balanced. They've got good receiving core with, you know, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, plus a couple other guys, Josh Reynolds, uh, Van Jefferson, and, you know, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, like, they're pretty solid on skill position players. They're running back committee. Um, they don't have a standout guy, but Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers, whichever one it is, they manage to get the job done every week. 
and I'm not a fan of Jared Goff, but I think he's um, sustainable. You know, he's like at least a quarterback that you can rely on to um, hit his open guys and his skill position players are good. They're going to, you know, give him the opportunity to succeed. And, you know, Sean McVay, one of the best play callers, one of the best coaches in the league. So that's why this offense is successful. Um, They don't really stand out on paper. Like their roster isn't loaded up with talent, but they've over the, you know, course of the season, I feel like they've gotten a lot better um, as they've built some chemistry. And I just think that they're, they've really taken over the NFC West, you know, they beat the Cardinals this week and lost to the Seahawks, puts them on top. And, you know, this isn't a team that I expected to win their division as loaded as it is. Like going into the season, you would, I think almost everyone would have them at least behind the 49ers and the Seahawks. Obviously, the 49ers had injuries. There's nothing they could do about that. But um, the Rams have just been really good and they've consistently performed. They did lose like some close games. They played tonight, actually, Thursday night football. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, so. Yeah, speaking of the skill position players, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup combined for 158 receiving yards, and Tyler Higby had a touchdown. So they're going to get the job done, like you said, and so did those running backs. And on the defensive side, Troy Hale had an interception, and they did force a fumble on Kyler Murray's possession. Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals a little bit. Murray's been silent, or he was silent for this game, only 173 yards. He did have three touchdowns, uh, but he also had an interception. And he only had 15 rushing yards, so the Rams defense did a good job of containing him. Kenyon Drake had a touchdown. Dan Arnold had two touchdowns. He broke loose twice. And DeAndre Hopkins only had 52 yards, but he had a touchdown. So the Cardinals, they put up some points, but just not enough yeah, to beat the Rams. you know, Kyler point. Murray, there's a lot going on with him. Um, and in this game, he only threw for whatever it was, 150 passing yards. Plus, that's kind of inflated. Game, he threw like a 70-yard touchdown to Dan Arnold. Like, if you take that away, he had less than 100 yards passing. And this is a guy who was playing at an MVP level for most of the season. And a lot of that was due to his rushing, too, which he only ran for 15 yards in this game. Um, You know, there was reports, like, there's murmurs that he has this shoulder injury that, like, he's scared to run. He's not throwing it as well anymore. I don't think he's just throwing shoulder, but, like, the other shoulder, you know, he's, like, scared to get hit. Um and that would make sense because in the past few weeks he hasn't scrambled very much at all, or at least not anywhere close to the rate he was in the first seven or eight, nine weeks, however long of the season. Um, and they've been a lot less successful as a team when he hasn't been able to scramble because of this um, injury. He's denied it in like interviews and stuff. He said that he wouldn't be playing if he wasn't able to. Cliff Kingsbury said the same, but... Um, I feel like it's becoming pretty obvious that there's something going on with Kyler Murray's shoulder. Yeah, and Arizona needs to find out quickly because you know, we're getting down to the end of the season. They're fighting for a wild card spot, so they got to find something out. All right, so let's go to the Patriots and Chargers. Uh, the Patriots win forty-five nothing. Nobody saw this one. They go to six and six. Chargers fall to three and nine. Uh, I mean, this was just shocking. Cam Newton only threw for sixty-nine yards. He had a touchdown, and he also had two rushing touchdowns. And in the end, Sidham came in and threw a touchdown as well. Uh, this was just a shocker. I mean, I didn't expect the Chargers to win, but I didn't think it would be by 45 nothing. Yeah, uh, you know, you Cam only threw for 69 yards, but that's a little bit misleading. I think that the Patriots are time, kind of taking on a new identity as a team where they're just going to run the ball, win the special teams, field position battle, um, and play good defense. 
Um, they're not like Cam was efficient. He, I think he was like 12, 12 of 19. So he was completing yep, most of his passes and he wasn't throwing the ball a lot. So that explains why he didn't have a ton of yards. Um, but he was good on the ground too. Um, you mentioned that he scrambled for a little bit, ran for two touchdowns and their run game is so dominant. Um, you know, Damian Harris, who I think is legitimately one of the best running backs in the league. He's just, it's a smaller sample size. He's only, he's really basically a rookie. He didn't play much at all last year because of injuries. And he started this season off on the IR list. He got injured in preseason. So I don't think a lot of people really know of him. Like he's not on a lot of people's radars, but I think he really is on the same level as um, any of the other top 10 backs in the league. But the Patriots, um, yeah, like their offense, it's like really weird. Um, You look at the box score, they only threw for, um, Cam only threw for 69 yards, but he was, he still had a good day. Like it doesn't make any sense how they blew them out this bad. Their defense played really well. Um, Herbert didn't throw any touchdowns. He did have like over 250 yards, but it didn't really matter for anything because he threw like two or three picks and just turned the ball over. It wasn't um, good enough. And yeah, uh, this Patriots team, I think is a playoff threat. Um, I mentioned that we're recording this on Thursday. They played tonight, obviously, against the Rams. This is a big game for them because if they win, they're in a really good spot to make the playoffs. Um, they're, you know, they lost some bad games earlier on in the season, even just recently to the Texans a couple weeks ago. Um, they're sitting at six and six right now, but I think that they're they could sneak into the playoffs at like nine and seven, ten and six if they win out. Yeah, speaking of that Patriots defense, J.C. Jackson, Chase Winovich both had interceptions. Uh, this is a Pat's fifth straight win versus the Chargers, so they really had their number recently. And, you know, the Patriots just dominated. You know, Justin Herbert, to be exact, had 209 yards, so he was only 26 of 53 with those two INTs, so he was not very good either. Eckler was silent, 36 rushing yards. So, I mean, the Chargers, literally everything, there's nothing really going for them. Yeah. And overall, they just got absolutely dominated. Yeah, and Bill Belichick now has a 21-5 and record against rookie quarterbacks. So he's that's like one of his, you know, things. He just loves to take advantage of the rookies. Um, but, yeah, L.A. got shut out. Herbert had a pretty uncharacteristically bad game. You know, he's been pretty solid throughout the um, greater part of the season. I think he's most likely going to win offensive rookie of the year. If not, he'll be a close second behind Justin Jefferson, maybe even James Robinson or like possibly Antonio Gibson. But, you know, he's been good this year. This is one bad game. He's a rookie. He was playing against Bill Belichick. And this Patriots defense has really stepped up recently. Um, They weren't, you know, they kind of like last year, they were one of the better defenses. They had defense player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. He missed some time earlier on in the season. Um, and they just weren't – they were playing like a, a middle-of-the-pack defense, not quite elite um, to their standard. And I think they've started to regain that um, standard that they had before of being one of the better defenses in the NFL and, you know, shutting teams out. Um, well, obviously not – you're not going to shut a team out every week, but holding team – getting teams um, off the scoreboard and, you know, just making stops, stuff like that. Like, they really showed – there was, like, just watching the highlights, they made a lot of plays in this game. Yeah, they were just overall the better team. And with what you said about offensive rookie of the year, I think Jefferson will get it. I think Herbert deserves it more, though. 
And I think James Robinson's in third or around there. Uh, let's go to the Sunday night game, the Chiefs and Broncos. This game is a lot closer than people think. Chiefs go to 11-1. They win 22-16. to Mahomes had another good game, 318 yards, a touchdown. CEH uh, was not active for this one. So Le'Veon Bell had most of the snaps. He had 40 yards. But there Williams hogged up some snaps too when he had 38 rushing yards on half the snaps. And Kelsey, uh, 136 yards and touchdown. He's just so dominant. Uh, what do you think of the Chiefs in this one? Um, yeah, you know, it really was a slow game, kind of close. The Broncos were holding their own for most of it. And to be fair to the Chiefs, um, there was like a Tyreek Hill touchdown that he like accidentally caught that didn't get called as a touchdown. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like he kind of he like tipped it up. The defender hit it and then he fell and it like fell into his hand. And like even Tyreek Hill himself didn't think that he caught it. So like obviously no one like thought it was a catch, but like looking at the replay, he definitely caught it. So that and that was like yeah. a three that was on third down. So they ended up punting. That would have been you know an extra touchdown for them. Um, I don't think anyone was ever doubting that the Chiefs would win, but the Broncos definitely stepped up and outperformed their expectation. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually surprised either way that they didn't challenge uh, the booth. Usually they have that down when they see a close play like that. They usually look at it anyways, no matter if the receiver thinks he has it or not. But yeah, Tyree kill, it kind of sucks. He didn't know that he caught it. But uh, Harrison Bucker is 5-5 five of five on field goals. He is just, he's a top three kick in the league. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos real quickly. Drew Locke, 151 yards, two touchdowns, two INTs. Going into this year, I didn't know if he was a franchise quarterback. I think watching this year, I mean, he was injured for some of the games. I still don't, th- I don't yeah, think he's going to be I a agree. franchise quarterback. I agree with everything but, yeah. you just said. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was unsure about him coming into the year. Had a little bit of optimism, but he just hasn't done it for me. Yeah, and the running game for the Broncos is actually not bad. Melvin Gordon had 131 yards on 15 attempts. But Phil Blincy kind of anchored it with 26 yards on 14 attempts. But Tim Patrick, who's been a sneaky good receiver this year, had two touchdowns. And ever since like week three or four, he's really been one of the main receivers for the Broncos. But the main headline for this game is the Chiefs clinch a playoff berth berth again. Berth again. So they're going to, they have a really good chance of winning another ring together. Yeah. You mentioned Tim Patrick. Like Denver's got a really young core of skill position players that, um, and obviously Drew Locke is a young quarterback. We gave our opinions on him. Maybe they should draft another one. I don't know. But Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton is on the – I think he's under 25. Um, Noah Fant, he's younger. Um, Tim Patrick, who we talked about, he's younger. And, you know, they just got uh, K.J. Hamler, the rookie, um, too, along with Judy. It's just like they they've got some guys who maybe in a few years might be – you know, it seems like a lot of people in that division are going for the Chiefs strategy of just like stacking up on like fast guys and receivers. Like the Raiders um, have, you know, a lot of people say that they're copying the Chiefs. Um, even the like Broncos, obviously, they're they just like seem to focus on offense and try and outscore the Chiefs. And that's why the Raiders were able to beat the Chiefs earlier on in the year. I think that's probably the only way you will be able to beat the Chiefs at least this season because. They just look like such a better team than everyone else. And Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, like you said, the Broncos went after Jerry Judy, a speedster, and the Raiders also went after Henry Ruggs in the draft, another speedster. So, yeah, they're definitely trying to copy that method a little bit. Uh, let's go into the Monday night games. And, wow, was this a shocker. The football team wins 23-17. to They go to 5-7, and 
Steelers fall to 11 and one. I'm telling you, the Steelers are a phony. Uh, I do think they're a good team, but I don't think they were worth what they were getting. Alex Smith was really good, 296 yards touchdown. With this game, I think he definitely solidified a comeback player of the year award. And the fact that they're tied for first place, I think the Giants had the edge right now. But the fact that they're tied for it, I mean, who knows? If he were to get in postseason, I mean, he definitely deserves it. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah, and – you know, it helps that his main competitor probably is Big Ben, and that's the guy he was playing against and beat. So, I mean, I pers- like I thought even when he first made his appearance that he should have definitely won it because, you know, just of how serious his injury was. And you know, it's it's like there's no qualitative um, measure for how much of a comeback someone made. So it's all kind of speculation. It's just a, like a nice award for to, you know, honor people who – overcome adversity and stuff but yeah he he actually did play pretty good in this one um even though terry mclaurin had a really quiet game and antonio gibson their other big weapon got hurt early on and didn't wasn't able to produce much for them so but cam sims he made a couple of big catches um logan thomas had the best game of his career like it was he was just putting it together with these nobodies and getting it done it was really fun to watch yeah, some different names producing, like you said. Peyton Barber had a touchdown. He was he had a quiet game, but then he got that big touchdown. Logan Thomas, like you said, 98 yards, touchdown. Cam Sims, like you said, again, broke loose, five receptions, 92 yards. So that all these quiet names, and then even J.D. McKissick got involved in the pass game a lot with 10 receptions, 70 yards. So, I mean, overall, this team was really good. And on the defensive side, John Bostic had a big interception. So, seriously, the football team, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens later in the season between the football team and the Giants. Yeah, you know, I really think that the football team has a good defense. Um, they've got the rookie Chase Young, who might be defensive player of the year on the line, along with a couple of other talented guys, Montez Sweat, um, Matt Ionatis, who's getting a little bit older, Ryan Kerrigan also getting a little bit older, but they still bring a lot of um, g- good pass rushing and – their linebacker core is like young and inexperienced. They got John Bosick, who made that big interception you talked about. Um, Cole Holcomb, who's really emerged this year, and seventh round pick Cam Curl. He's actually like a safety, but he makes he's a really good tackler. And they have Kendall Fuller, the cornerback who's just locked down one of the best corners in the league. It's just like you know they have a really solid team, and their defense is good. Um, I believe they're the sixth overall ranked defense, first in passing defense. So, yeah, I'm. we talked about the Giants earlier, but the football team is starting to become another team that um, you don't want to see in the playoffs if you're another one of these teams thinking that you're going to have a, you know, easy blowout first-round wildcard game, but that might not be the case. They're, you know, I think that they're, like, if you saw, talked about, like, three weeks ago, whoever's playing the NFC East, it's like, uh, a laughing stock, but now they're starting to become. You're not excited to play them. I feel like. Yeah, speaking of that Washington defense, they held Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland, who were the running backs for the Steelers, to 20 yards and only 12 attempts. So seriously, they did good, and they held Ben Roethlisberger to 305 yards, which is actually good considering Roethlisberger threw the ball 53 times and connected it for 33 times. Uh, so yeah, overall, the football team is good. Um, you know, the Steelers were kind of quiet on offense. James Washington had a touchdown, broke loose a couple times. He had 80 receiving yards. Dante Johnson, who I'm very thankful for and another one of my fantasy teams, had 71 yards and touchdown. And Eric Rebron had 68 yards. 
So overall, just quiet for the Steelers' offense. And seriously, the football team, who knows? Uh, Trey, I have, a, I have a question for you. Who do you think is winning the NFC? Is the football team or the Giants? Because I think we can both rule out the Cowboys and Eagles now. Yeah, I'm going to go with, you know, this was an interesting proposition. Like, um, if you look at the NFC wild card with the Cardinals losing um, and, you know, the Vikings are kind of not a very proven, established team, they honestly, it seems like a long shot, and it definitely is, but I don't think it's crazy to say that they could both make it. Um, they're only a game behind the 6-6, six and six, um, 7 seed. So if, you know, these they beat the Steel, the Washington beat the Steelers and the Giants beat the um, Seahawks. So if they can continue to beat good teams, they can pick up some, they honestly both could end up winning out and pick up a few wins and end up at like 9-7 and seven and both make it into the playoffs. It sounds crazy, but it's actually a real possibility. Um, but if I had to choose one, I think that probably the Giants are more likely to win the division only because they hold the tiebreaker after they beat the football team twice in the regular season. So for that reason, I would say the Giants, but I think that the football team are a slightly better team overall. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, you know, if the football team just have one of their wins against the Giants, I mean, this is a whole different mm-hmm. season for them. Uh, let's go into the Bills and 49ers, the other Monday night game. Bills win this one 34-24. They go to 9-3. 49ers fall to 5-7. <coughs> Excuse me. Josh Allen. We saw MVP Josh Allen again. 32 of 40, 375 yards, four touchdowns. This was the kind of Josh Allen we were seeing earlier in the year. So he was on fire. Uh, the whole offense is actually really good. You know, Singletary, 61 yards. Beastly at 130 yards and touchdown. Diggs, 92 receiving yards. And then Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, and Dawson Knox. All it touched on. So he was spreading the ball around. Yeah, I saw a uh, kind of like a stat that over the past, like two years ago, the Bills receiving core had like zero of the same players that it has now. Um, obviously, Gabe Davis, he's a rookie. Um, John Brown, they brought in through free agency. Cole Beasley, same thing. Stefan Diggs, they got him through trade. Like all of their Dawson Knox, the tight end, he was a rookie last year. So all of their guys are like, you know, really young, and they've really done a good job building around the young quarterback, Josh Allen, and setting him up for success because you said the MVP Josh Allen is back. Like, he was a serious MVP candidate earlier in the year. And, I mean, I'm not sure what the race is looking like. I think Patrick Mahomes has to be the heavy favorite. Um, Maybe Aaron Rodgers is somewhat close to that. But, you know, Josh Allen has definitely had a good season, and I think he's might be po- or set up for a top-three finish. Yep, and – I like to talk about the defense a little too. Micah Hyde and Tredavious White, these guys are just, they're playmakers. They both had INTs in this one. Tredavious White makes some plays every week that you're like, wow, he is a top three corner in the league. And I think he is without a doubt in my really? mind. I mean, I would, I'd undoubtedly have him top five. Top three is a little bit too much for me. I'd say like the top three, Stefan Gilmore, um, you know, it's kind of hard, maybe Marlon Humphrey of the Ravens. Um, you could say Jalen Ramsey. He's still pretty good. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say with cornerback because it's probably the hardest position to play. And a guy can be really talented at the position and have one bad week. And all of a sudden you look at him a little bit differently. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's really hard to evaluate cornerbacks and for them to consistently play elite. But Tredavious White is definitely one of those guys who's always on the short list for best corners in the league. Yeah, definitely. I agree. 
Uh, I think Gilmore for me would definitely be on that list. And then, I don't know, I guess Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I would, say, I would probably say it would be Gilmore, Ramsey, then White. That would be That's my top three. top three. I can't disagree with that. Um, yeah. But the 49ers, though, you know, they really just been decimated by injuries, and they still managed to put up a fight every week. Um, they didn't make it easy for the Bills, but, man, it really sucks to see what happened to them. They could have definitely – honestly, I think they probably could have repeated as NFC champions with – if you look at the injuries they have, they lost all their key guys pretty much. Like they lost Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, uh, George Kittle missed time, Debo Samuel missed time, Brandon Ayuk missed time, who's been really good when he plays the rookie. Um, on the defensive side, you know, Bosa, it's just so many guys. I like, I don't even have all the time to list all of them off. It's just, you know, a really unfortunate situation for San Francisco. Yeah, the list goes on forever. And speaking of that 49ers, Nick Mullins had three touchdowns, two interceptions on 316 yards. Most certain nine attempts for 42 yards. Jeffrey Wilson had a heavy workload too, seven attempts for 47 yards. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, like you said, five receptions, 95 yards, touchdown. He's done much more than Jalen Rager this year. Uh, yeah. T.P. Samuel has had a couple of big weeks recently. He had 73 yards. And then Jordan Reed and Kyle Juszczyk both had touchdowns. So this 49ers team honestly didn't have that bad of a game. But, you know, just they have to play with what they're dealing with. Uh, let's go into the final game of the week, the Tuesday night game. Ravens beat the Cowboys 34-17. to This was a crucial win for them. They go to 7-5. Cowboys fall to 3-9. and I mean, this was just, you know, classic better football team than the Cowboys. What do you think? Yeah, you know, J.K. Dobbins looks really good. Gus Edwards actually had a really good game in this one. He averaged over 14 yards per carry. So just a monster day for him in the backfield. And J.K. Dobbins, like, all year I've really thought that J.K. Dobbins should get more touches. And Gus Edwards, too, to be honest. Like, they're both really talented backs. And the Ravens, I don't feel like they've done a great job of utilizing them. Um, They've given Mark Ingram too many carries. And he's just, you know, getting older on the wrong side of 30, Um, all that stuff. Obviously, there's a lot to say about Lamar Jackson, too. He hasn't been running the ball as well. And not throwing the ball as well either, to be honest with you. But the Baltimore got it done uh, this week. You know, they've suffered a few injuries too. Um, obviously, they had the huge COVID outbreak. They finally had somewhat um, of their full roster together this week. And they, you know, put up a good game. They were dominant and they beat the Cowboys. Not much to praise them for because it's the Cowboys, but still they're back on the right track to, you know, securing that playoff spot. Yeah, and I would have had the Ravens rushing game in a top five if it wasn't against the Cowboys because Lamar was actually electrifying in this one. He had 13 attempts for 94 yards and a touchdown. And let me just read off the stat lines for you on this rushing game. I'll start with the worst. Ingram, six attempts for 28 yards. which is not bad considering how many attempts he had. But then we go into Edwards, seven attempts, 101 yards. And then Dobbins, 11 attempts for 71 yards and a touchdown. So seriously, the rushing game is just really good for this Ravens offense. And even Marquise Brown finally had a fine game with a touchdown on that nice catch. And the Miles Boykin also had a touchdown. And another another pick for possible rookie of the year, Patrick Queen had an INT. He has been a solid player for the yeah, Ravens. I mean, my defensive rookie of the year is a two-man race between Julian Blackman of the Colts and Chase Young of the football team. But Patrick Queen has definitely been you know, he's turning out to be a good pick for the Ravens. Yeah, and let's go to the Cowboys for a little bit. Uh, Dalton, you know, 
the Cowboys just won't really run the ball much. And I understand that their running backs have not been very good, but you still have a franchise running back back there that's getting paid 90 something million. They're throwing it constantly with the red rifle. 31 of 48, 285 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. And Zeke honestly wasn't that bad. He had 77 rushing yards, but it was on 18 attempts. Seriously, the the Cowboys just insist on throwing the ball. And Gallup finally had a good week, 86 yards and a touchdown. He was kind of a fantasy bust this year. And Amari Cooper also had a touchdown. But I would like to mention Greg Zerline was one for four on field goals. So that really kind of set them set them away, too. Yeah, you know, Dallas has just been an embarrassing team this year all around ever since Dak got injured. He was the heart and soul of that team, and they just crumble without him. But, um, you know, still, I still give credit to the Ravens for winning this one because they've had a lot of setbacks recently, too. And this wasn't a give-me for them. Like, they had to work for this win, and, you know, they're starting to – um, build towards the right direction again. Yep. Uh, let's go into our top five performers of the week now. Uh, I almost put Corey Davis in here, but I ended up not. Now, my number five, I have Wayne Gallman, 16 attempts, 135 yards, and he's just been great for the Giants this year. And I just want to give him a little shout out because really, I mean, he has been solid and he's given them a spark too, especially with their quarterback, Colt McCoy, playing in this game. This- my number five is Devontae Adams who was cooking against Darius Slay. Um, no one in the league can cover this man one-on-one. I don't know why Slay thought he could do it or why the Eagles thought Slay could do it, whatever. Just don't try and cover him one-on-one because he's going to embarrass you. He ended up with 120 yards, two touchdowns. Um, just honestly, it's like a typical week for him at this point. I think he's the best receiver in the league. We say that all the time, but I'm going to say it again because it's true. Yep. My number four, Josh Allen, 32 of 40, 375 yards, four touchdowns. He just had a really solid week, and he's back to his pop candidate for MVP form. He's not going to win it this year because he had a little downslide in the middle of the season, but he was really well. And then my number three, I, I had Devontae Adams, and so I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, so. um, my number four, Corey Davis, who had an amazing week. Um, they didn't win, but you know he put up his numbers. My number three was Baker, who did win that game. He threw four touchdowns in the first half. He looked like an elite quarterback, and I just was really impressed by him. Didn't expect him to play that well, but he blew me out of the water. Yep, and I had Baker Mayfield at number two. He was, your was number Darren two. Waller, who I'm assuming was your number one, but um, two, whenever a tight end yep. has 200 yards, that's just crazy. Um, plus, you know, it was against the Jets. That's why I didn't have him at one. Instead, I had Allen, who you had at four. Um, I thought Allen did a great job um, getting a win against a solid team, 49ers, and getting back on track to that MVP form, like you said, just in time for playoffs, too. Well, not quite, but, you know, maybe if he starts to heat up, he can um, do a little bit better than he did last year in the playoffs. They fell short in the first round. But um, back to Waller, you know, I, I have him on my fantasy team, and, man, I was grateful this week because he was basically – having him was an automatic win almost. Yeah, so that's going to wrap it up. Uh, like you said, Darren Waller was insane. So what's going to be coming up is we're going to do a lot of NBA podcasts. We're going to be doing like one every week for the whole entire NBA, and we're going to do a recap of every single 76ers game. So make sure you tune in if you're a 76ers fan. Uh, thanks for listening to this, and we'll have a recap of the Thursday night game out maybe tomorrow if we do that. If not, we'll just combine it with the full NFL recap. 
All right. Thank thanks you. for tuning in.